Nick and MG in the morning. Brought to you by the Sydney Kings. Spend summer with the Sydney Kings. Tickets at Ticketek. Glenn Maxwell, the big show. The big show, yeah. Uh, he's had another shocker. He'll mm-hmm. be uh, getting mentioned in who's had a shocker. Uh, he's developing quite a rap sheet, uh, Glenn Maxwell. Uh, he went to Adelaide for a golf day mm-hmm. and has pulled up sore. Uh, when I say pulled up sore, he's been popped in an ambulance and taken to hospital. Oh, no. Uh, that's a, hey, that's, that's hey a we've, all, we've all had that after a golf day. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> well, yeah, especially you. Uh, what do we need to know, Natasha Belling? Is there any more information than this? Uh, he he was at a gig. What was the gig? Yeah, it was actually Brett Lee's band. <laughs> so maybe he's passed out. Here it is here, passed out after watching Brett Lee perform with his band. But... He's probably trying to get out. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but looking for an excuse to leave early. Okay, so what we know is that he... <laughs> What's the band called? Uh, six and Cyclone out. Sally. Or is no, this a song? No, it's Six, six and Out. Six oh, and okay. Out. Well, that's a song, Cyclone. Yeah, oh, sorry, no, I, don't, I don't know his back catalogue. I apologise. <laughs> They're all ex-cricketers, Gabe Robinson and Richard Chiqui and Shane Lee and Brad McNamara. They've been they've been doing it for about fifteen years. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to get them on the front bar. And uh, they yeah. wouldn't return your calls. Well, they uh, they thought we were nickel and dining. But they, they said, <laughs> like Michael Gadiski was representing them at the time, I believe. So anyway, so he's gone. He's gone to Adelaide. He's gone to a golf day. He's pulled up rough. He's he's gone on to. See a bare hand. Yes. Yep. And what's happened at the concert? So, Why has he been taken out in an ambulance? So sources who don't want to be named yep. <laughs> have said or alleged that he somehow fell and then knocked was knocked unconscious, and so then an ambulance was called. Now, I just want to say, give Glenn a bit of a pass here. Heat wave in Adelaide, and he was no, probably no, trying no, no, to no. keep rehydrated. No, and massive no. heat wave, and they say that he suffered from terrible dehydration. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't such a great batsman, if he wasn't such the big show, this guy would be out in his ear. Do you if, reckon? If, well, he's any, got form. If, if, if it's anybody else, he, remember on the World Cup, he fell off the back of a, a golf, right, a golf hang cart. Hang on a second. So let's unpack this. So it's not the worst incident he's had at a golf day. No, no. Uh, he he missed a World Cup match against England. Because yep. he got concussed after falling off a golf cart. <laughs> yes. Now he's not falling off a golf cart, he's just falling over at a concert. <laughs> Correct. He, he also suffered a fractured leg in a freak accident. Well, he uh, said he wasn't drinking he, 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 well, well, Okay. He broke <laughs> his leg uh, when he slipped in the backyard during a birthday party. So yep. uh, I put it to you that uh, there's a pattern of behaviour here. Mm, of course. Uh, that needs to be addressed. I look forward to it. You remember the days when an Australian cricketer could sink 52 cans of beer <laughs> yes. on a plane and still get off at the other end? Mm. <laughs> you know what you. I mean? Remember we had an Australian <laughs> Prime Minister, Bob Orker, who could scull a beer at the SCG yeah. and still not fall over and concuss himself. Mm. Maxwell, you need to get with the plan, mate. So maybe, what happens now? Is he being sanctioned? What is it? Well, maybe, Mickey, what he's got to do is maybe when he goes out for these drunken nights, he's got to wear a helmet. So he doesn't get concussed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we understand Cricket Australia is now investigating. I think he's off no, the side I? for a while, isn't he? But apparently the excuse was workload management. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he was, well, no, but hang on. He was over in Adelaide because he was being managed. Yeah. Yes, yeah, He was already, they said, oh, mate, you need a little break. Correct. Mm. Uh, so we manage you. Great. I know what I'll do. I'll go and see six and out. <laughs> And get knocked out. Get knocked out. Get knocked out. At least Will Pukowski gets knocked out because he gets hits on the head with cricket balls. That's right. I mean, that's the... 
That's the way this to do is, it. All right, well, we get the idea. Glenn Maxwell, you've had another shocker. I look forward to him making a statement. <laughs> um, or an eyewitness account. Can somebody call us if you were there, if you're in the venue, or get one of our producers onto it now. We want to speak to someone. Uh, give me Brett Lee. You get him on the get, phone. Oh, yes. <laughs> get Bing on the line and we'll get to the bottom of this. Wonderful. Next, we're going to add someone to the standby list to head to Vegas for the NRL. It's oh, Mick yeah. and MG in the morning on Triple M. PG Airways Global Sale is on now. Fly Sydney to Nardi. Return from $609. Sale ends February 2. Book at FijiAirways.com. Conditions apply. Mick and MG's worst trip to head to the strip. Viva we're up and running, guys. Uh, our second caller uh, to enter this trip is on the line now. Before we get to him, though, when we're talking about the worst trip to head to the strip, this could involve the actual NRL players who are supposed to be going, MG. What do you know? They're uh, of, they're getting a bit nervous. Yeah, a bit of angst there, uh, Mickey, because the four teams, South Sydney, who will take on Manly, um, and the Roosters, who will take on the Broncos on the 3rd of March, well, they're getting a little bit concerned because um, they're frustrated with the lack of information on their visas, their medical insurance, and their training facilities in Vegas. Crikey. So, uh, look, they'll get it sorted. I mean, now that the honeymoon's over, they're kind of getting a little bit antsy because it's getting closer. So this will get done. The landings will get something done quick. If there's any NRL players would like to ring up <laughs> and enter our competition, we can guarantee you we can, we can get two of you there. Uh, or it could be our next caller, Max. How are you, Max? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys going? Yeah, good. Uh, where are you calling from, Max? Maroubra. Oh. You're constantly on holidays. That's like a relaxing, <laughs> world-class destination in Maroubra. Uh, oh, have, you, have you been to Vegas before? No, I haven't been. Love to go. All right. Yeah. All right. And who would you take if you went? Oh, I'd probably have to be my brother. Mm. Oh. All right. So you're yeah, clearly not us. married, right? You're not married? Oh. I think the missus would want to go, but... Yeah, oh, no. You have just got yourself in a bit of strife there, Max. Let me tell you straight off the bat. Uh, should you be chosen? All right, tell us about your nightmare trip overseas. What happened to you? Um, so me and my mates were heading over to Europe, and um, we went to Athens first. And you know when people say, that, you know, as soon as you, get to, as soon as you get to Athens, the best thing to do is get out of Athens. Mm, so we landed right. there. And um, we were in this, staying in this dodgy area for the night before heading over to Mykonos and this um, apartment block. Yeah. Um, the Airbnb host left the keys at the front in this little padlock thing that you had to unlock. Yeah, um, the system. In the me- yeah, in the messages, he didn't say which, you know, which number the uh, unit was <laughs> or which floor it was. So it was over five, right. it was over five floors. <laughs> so we're going through... Just trial and error with the keys trying to open <laughs> no, up. Mate. No, mate. So people have been, you know, getting a bit of a fright. The yeah. next thing you know, you know, there's the cops out the front and they're asking us, what are you doing thinking we're, you know, trying to break into these places? <laughs> and we're trying to explain to them, like, well, no, 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 we're staying here. Break down in communication. They took yeah. our passports off us, took oh, us down to right. the local cop shop where we had to try to, like, someone had to translate for us that we weren't trying to break in. Great. And then we were in there for about a couple of hours or so, and they finally released us after we got in contact with the Airbnb person, and he finally let us know which, 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 um, which hall and place we're staying at. <laughs> All right, so that's, start the holiday. that's oh, a warm wow. welcome uh, to Europe when you get off the plane. You don't know where you're staying. You're in the cop shop. How long you spend down the cop shop? 
Oh, probably two hours or so. Oh, oh I'm I'm not, I've, I've spent yeah, longer in Homeland off. Security. <laughs> 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 Seriously. I have. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Those go, hello, Mick. We haven't seen you in about 18 months. Here's your spot. Thank you, yourself. <laughs> I should enter this competition. You would win this comp hands down. <laughs> well, oh, can you beat being deported? Did, were you deported? From where? From where? Uh, look, I don't like talking about <laughs> well, it. Well, you brought it up. It, it involves the Winter Olympics and Channel 9. Oh. But, but let's just say I was removed from a country <laughs> right. and asked not to return. <laughs> Is that why you're on Channel 7 now? <laughs> and, and when I... <laughs> And when I, when I, yes, it is. And when I got back, uh, let's just say there was visa problems. Um, and when I got back to Australia, I had to go fly back from Vancouver uh, and I wasn't allowed to go through the United States and then I had to get to uh, home and I was going to the Adelaide Fringe Festival and when, it, when I got off the plane... I go, oh, I better get a paper and find out what everyone's talking about. I bought the Adelaide Advertiser and I was on the front of it. Oh. <laughs> you dehydrated. Oh, I mean, yeah, we'll... let's, let's just say I'd been to a golf trip. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Max, guess what? That is a tale of woe and it may just get you to uh, Vegas oh. with your brother, on, not your wife. Good luck with that. Uh, we'll keep you posted. You're into the draw, uh, which will be done at the end of next week. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. So only nine places in there to get your way on there. You have to go to triplem.com.au, go yeah. to the win page, tell us your worst trip to head to the Strip and join us at the NRL Telstra Premiership. Kicks off for the first time ever in Las Vegas. Be there to witness four teams play the first game of the season on American soil. Visit nrl.com forward slash Vegas. MG Sport Report. Yeah, well, all the usual suspects are winning at the Australian Open. Obviously, since Alex Dimonor is out, our kind of interest wanes somewhat. But uh, Alcaraz last night was good. Tonight, uh, Djokovic is back in against Taylor Fritz. But the biggest story to come out of the Australian Open. Oh, boy. Tennis champ Sloane Stevens cops a code violation for eating sushi. When? But before the game. Round three. Before no, she went out. It, no, 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 no. no, in the game. In the game. She, uh, right. she, she was sitting there and she got delivered... A box of sushi and two smoothies mid-match. <laughs> to, by, you, to by Uber Eats? Did an Uber Eats guy turn up and, and deliver it while she was sitting courtside? <laughs> that is unbelievable. I actually so, tuned in and saw this, and I'm, yes. I'm not joking. When she, at the next uh, service game of hers, when she stood up, she's bouncing the ball. She's still chewing. Still chewing <gasps> her sushi. Well, it didn't oh, help her because she got, she got beat 6-4 <laughs> in the last. And... It's the first time I've ever seen it, honestly. In all the time of watching tennis, it's the first time I've seen someone cop a code violation for eating What set sushi. was it? What set was, was it? the last set. The last set. Oh, so sushi's so been sitting in the sun for an hour oh. and a half out there on Melbourne. I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's a risk. It's risky eating sushi at the Australian Open when you oh, only yeah. have one toilet break per set and you're wearing oh. white. <laughs> and you're wearing white. That could blow up quick sticks, <laughs> I, I would have thought. Um, uh, that is, you know what? If I were, if you were going to eat something during your, your Australian Open tennis match, what would it be? Don't you go what wrong? You? I'd probably have a bucket of Kentucky. Oh. Yep. Court yep. violation, Mister Malloy. <laughs> yeah, for... eating the breast. <laughs> <laughs> a bucket of Kentucky and a Zinger burger. Oh, you'd need good grip on your tennis racket after that. You'd be a you greasy bet. mess. 
<laughs> this is a seriously funny uh, oh, yeah. story for me. Uh, apparently, Margaret Court's come out and said she thinks sushi is gay. <laughs> <laughs> and now, quickly, we're moving on. There's another sport we have to address, and it's golf. And something has happened that has not happened in a long time. And this is hilarious for one reason. Tell us all about it. Well, yeah, uh, right. History in the desert for the first time since 1991. An amateur has won on the PGA Tour. Nick Dunlap wins the American Express. What's he done? Well, Mick, first time since 91, amateur, as I said, Nick Dunlap is in tears after an epic 114-year first. But why why he's in tears, Mick, is because... (laughs) The uh, the prize money was two point three million dollars, and he doesn't get it because he's an amateur. Because he's an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> How hard is it for amateur sportsmen? So you're allowed to play, and you take the chockies, but you don't get the money. That's a, that's I would have, coming up the sixteenth hole, gone pro. <laughs> <laughs> if I I would have gone, well, I I can win this thing. That's a two and a half million dollar payday. He may never get that again no. in his life. So the guy who got the money was the guy who came second. Yeah, so Christian Dusenhold. they're playing, and the guys come singing, going, "Oh wow! Oh no! You're going to beat me! Oh, oh well, don't worry. I'll still pocket your check. Two point three million dollars. Unbelievable! You know what? I, d- I deliberately missed some putts just to drive him mad. Oh, whoops! I've missed. Don't worry. I've still got your two mil. Shocking! Oh my god! Oh my god! You're having a shocker. Okay. We do this occasionally to celebrate those who, well, may have had a shocker. Uh, today's episode is in honour of Glenn Maxwell, <laughs> who's gone out again, got hammered at a golf day, uh, then gone out to see a band and uh, fallen over and taken home in an ambulance. I think wow. we can say, uh, <laughs> who, who gets a, a golf day? If you can't behave yourself at a golf day or at a golf day, sure. I don't know. Well, but you're the one who can talk. What about your escapades in a golf cart? Okay. I, All right. I, or, I don't yeah. feel that you needed to go there, but you'd oh, be well, referring. I think, I, I think if you're going to bag the big show about his golf cart <laughs> antics, there's, there's one bloke in this world who beats him, and that's you. Full, full disclosure, I have a golf cart. Yeah. Uh, it's my own. <laughs> I drive it to my house sometimes. <laughs> yes, I crashed it coming home from the clubhouse. I put it into a dam. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and at my golf club, that's a six-month suspension. So I ran back to my house and reported it stolen, <laughs> which is the sensible thing to do. Yeah. And about uh, half an hour later, there was a knock on my door. It was the guys from the clubhouse going, <clears throat> Mick, we've found you, your golf cart. And I go, where was it? They said, we found it in a dam. And I went, who would do that? <laughs> anyway, I looked down and I'm wet from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. said, go to bed, Mick. Go to bed uh, and we'll talk about this in the morning. <laughs> so, yes, MG, I've had a shocky shocker. <laughs> a shocky? <laughs> I've had a shocky. A shocky shocker. What about who was the woman from the Australian Open? She's had a shocker. Oh, yes, uh, Sloane Stevens. She had a shocker with the uh, the sushi. This is how it sushi went Sushi gate. Let's have a listen. It's a bit of discussion and amongst that, just knocking off a little bit of sushi as well. So she is multitasking out here. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we just saw um, her coach, Kamal Murray, come give the one of the ball kids some, it looked like two packets of sushi, and it looked like that's what she was eating, obviously needing some 
Mm, looked like salmon. Some well-needed fuel. Salmon avocado, I thought. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did she say when, they're trying to calamari? <laughs> when the commentators have to commentate on yeah. what type of sushi <laughs> you're eating between games, you might be the spot of bother. All mm-hmm. right, you get the idea. One triple three five three. if you want to get involved. Here's one. Uh, there were delays at Sydney Airport uh, <laughs> after a ute collided with a plane. Ow. Now, that ute driver has had a shocker. A Jetstar plane and a ute collided on the tarmac at Sydney Airport, uh, which sparked massive delays. Uh, happened at 5.30am yesterday oh. uh, with the airport security vehicle becoming wedged under the engine of a Jetstar Airbus A320. That How do you not uh, see that? Oh, I don't know what happens, but does the does the pilot and the driver get out and exchange licenses and addresses? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, the the I, I know when you're out and you're on a freeway, sometimes a vehicle can get caught in your blind spot. But an A three twenty is ridiculous. A massive A three twenty, it just doesn't make sense. Wow. Do you know the guys were from security? So does that not say everything? Security is yeah. supposed to keep out a look for everything, don't they? Maybe yes. the pilot well, was texting. What <laughs> a naked gun, like the naked gun pilots. Maybe them. <laughs> oh my god! And I've never seen a a A three twenty at a panel beaters before, but no. this is going to be. <laughs> imagine taking that into your, your local panel. Oh gee, big job, mate. Uh, can you come back next Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you get the idea. We've got some more. Who's had a shocker? One, triple, three, five, three. Let's get into it. Uh, Bondi has been named as one of the biggest disappointments oh. uh, as a tourist attraction in Australia. Uh, I think it's uh, some poll on Reddit. Everyone's got involved. Forget Bondi, one said. Literally one of the worst beaches in Australia. How dare you, How dare you? Uh, go Bondi? Wow. Uh, one of the most recognisable beaches in the world. I put it to you. Yep. If you see anyone in the world, if you show them a picture of Bondi Beach, they would understand what that is. Yeah. Correct? No, they've never had a beer at the North Bondi RSL, whoever's written this thread, because it is no, wonderful. They've uh, never been uh, duking it out, swimming out past the breaks uh, between a few logs. <laughs> <laughs> Tablerones, yeah. <laughs> a few Toblerones. Uh, you can't be going Bondi Beach. And they've also had a crack uh, at Australia Zoo's had a shocker. Oh, the Irwin wow. family. Australia Zoo's been named a, like a crap tourist attraction. Jeez. Yeah, royalty. Come on, man. You can't bag them. Uh, I suppose they've dropped off since the old days when Steve Irwin used to dangle a child over a crocodile's mouth. Yeah, yeah, Remember that? Yeah, yeah Robbie. Those were the gold. Let's that back. That'll, that'll get you some tourist points straight off the bat. No <laughs> matter shocker. What would you like to bring to the table in, Jeez? I think drug dealers have had a shocker because listen to this little bit of a lifeguard finding two. I've just been up between their heads. I've just found this little package of. Looks like cocaine. So we're just about to hand that over to the police. Probably 100,000, 200,000 bucks in that little package there. So, Zoe, you're going to miss out on your Christmas present. Why is he saying Zoe? Why is he saying? On the package, it's got uh, blue and red writing, and it's got the word Zoe written on the big package worth $200,000. So, someone's someone's in a lot of trouble. Did they put a return address on? No. (laughs) I can't believe that these beaches are still coughing up. 
I know. After all this time, it's just like, like a poker like a machine. Mag- <laughs> keep, the beaches keep paying out <laughs> in terms of. And by the way, I have to say, I what's really amazing about that story is. Have you told me a bloke on a windsurfer, and let's be honest, wind, uh, a bloke on a jet ski, yep. uh, let's be honest, they're certain type of people, normally yep. bogans. Have you ever told me he'd be returning a package of cocaine yeah. for <laughs> 200000 I would have thought he'd have those tied to the back of the jet ski like cans, <laughs> like a car leaving a wedding. It's like a tube. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm uh, worried about. Andrew's on the line. Andrew, what have you got? Hey, how are you? Hello, Andrew. Mate, um, in your own so time, my, Andrew. Sorry, so my next-door neighbour had this old Datsun and he lost the car keys for it. Yeah. And so every morning he used to weigh the accelerator down and hotwire it to get it going. Um, <laughs> and my mum would hear it come to life every morning, except right. one morning she heard it start, him scream, and then she's walked out the veranda and the car's doing donuts on the front lawn. <laughs> and it then... It then ran him over, and then she jumped the veranda and ran and jumped in the car before it ran him over again and stopped the car before it hit him okay. three times. <laughs> Andrew, can I ask, he wasn't driving a ute out at Sydney Airport yesterday morning, was he? Because this bike sounds like a classic. Or he wasn't on a jet ski. Duke him. Yes, you have scored yourself tickets to go see Diesel, his sold-out show at the Opera oh, House. Well done. There you go, Andrew. You've been rewarded. The Olympians are speaking out against a divisive new rule at this year's Paris Games. It'll prevent athletes from staying on in the village after their events have finished. The Australian way is to get around your mates, to cheer on guys and girls who have gone through the ringer. And for the AOC to take it away, I think, is un-Australian. It sure is. I am ropeable about this. Uh, These athletes spend their life uh, going like the clappers, for bugger all, and yep. the one thing they should be able to enjoy is the experience of hanging out with other elite athletes uh, because of all the hard work and effort they've put in. This just, I'm so angry about this. Uh, I understood it during COVID. There was a reason for yeah, it. Of course. But we're, we're out the back now. And to deprive our athletes who serve us so well uh, on the world stage, of a lifetime experience that they deserve uh, is a load of bullshit. Um, here to unpack it for us is uh, someone who's covered herself in glory and our country in glory over a number of occasions at the Olympics. It's uh, Triple M's own, Liesl Jones. How are you, Liesl? Hey, hey, Good Liesl. morning. I'm very well, thank you. So how did you find out about this uh, and uh, what are your feelings? Bring us up to speed. Oh, I read the article yesterday. I was so disappointed in the AOC and their decision. Like you said, COVID, we totally understand why that was necessary. The athletes had to leave 48 hours after. We didn't want to spread COVID, but now it's the opportunity for them to be able to celebrate and enjoy. And Ariane Titmus and Kaylee McEwen have both come out and said how disappointed they are in the decision because they're saying, well, the other issue is that they can't get accommodation, so they can't stay with their families yeah. and friends and celebrate afterwards because in Paris there's going to be no accommodation. Wow. It's going to be extremely expensive for them to stay on their off the back of their own cost, and so they're not going to be able to celebrate with their friends that they worked so hard for, which is four years of training. They get one yeah. opportunity every four years. It's not like AFL or NRL where you get 
every yep. year an opportunity to go to a grand final. They have once every four years and mm. to celebrate and to support all their other friends who are competing in other sports. So it's a little bit crazy to send them home after 48 hours. Uh, it's a kick, it feels- kick in the guts. It's, well, you're kicking them out. You're basically yeah. evicting uh, yeah. the world's best athletes uh, when, once they've done their job. Uh, that's all we need from you. Now, piss off. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah exactly. And they get paid so minimally. They don't really make any money. They get paid below minimum wage. So it's not like, you know, we're funding yeah. for them to go over there and to party for two weeks. It's not like that at all. It's just purely bare minimum that they get. Tell us about some of the experiences you've had in the village. You meet, obviously, you bond with your own athletes, but you get to meet the Others. best of the best from other countries, including fierce rivals in the pool. Um, what's the, the experience, surely, is priceless and one of a lifetime. Oh, and it's experiences that no one else gets the opportunity to have because you've earned the right to be there. So, you know, like when you pass in the village, you've got people like the USA Dream Team that are there. So, you know, people like Kobe Bryant and like incredible athletes that are hanging around um, the village at certain times and there's free McDonald's in the village. So you get to eat. (laughs) You had me me at hello. Good luck luck getting me out of there. (laughs) One athlete... um, um, I won't name names or anything, but did a 100 nugget challenge, got to 96, threw up and ate four more. Jeff Hugel. Um, yeah. Jeff Hugel. Jeff Hugel. <laughs> That's actually not a bad guess to me. Hey, Lisa, you've been to, you went to four Olympics. Which, which one was the best fun? Which You went to Sydney, Athens, Beijing and London. Which, which one would you have the most fun at? Uh, it had to be Athens because it's the home of the modern Olympics, which is just yeah. incredible, and there was just so much history involved. Um, personally, from my own experience and racing, it wasn't the best, but it was just so disorganised. It was just so <laughs> beautifully, um, you know, Athens, where it was just things were so unfinished and it was so unsafe and toilets didn't flush and all sorts of stuff. and had people flooding, flooding apartments and all of that. So because we forgot that you can't flush the toilet. So, yeah. It was That's just right. hilarious. Yeah. There was just so many things that went wrong, and it was just so great, and I loved yeah. it for that. And, s- you know, part- parting in Mykonos and all this sort of stuff, yeah, it was great. Oh, wow. Our swimmers will be especially impacted because, as always, you kick it off. First you week. don't get to go to the opening ceremony, and then you're done. So you'll be the first ones booted from, uh, yeah, from right. a camp. And after, and after all you've done over the years, from, yeah. from Dawn Fraser stealing a flag to, to running around on the still the, the swim team have always delivered for us exactly. at the Olympic Village and then we're if booting you, them. If you get rid of them, we won't have those stories. So I think oh, that so it's, a, it's a national honour to have those stories. Like Correct. It is. <laughs> well, we're, we're really, Lisa, I just can't tell you how, as I said, it's got nothing to do with me, but I love watching our, our athletes uh, on the world stage, Big time. and I'm generally hurt and disappointed that you won't get to experience what has always been a rites of passage. And, and for me, the one bit of cream on the cake for all that hard work is you get to, once you've done your job, enjoy the fruits of yeah. your labour. And I'm sorry that that's Unless not you're a marathon case. runner, yeah. We're going to lobby very hardly to change that. We are going to go, no, it's not on. Refuse. You should have a sit-in. Don't, like, like squat. That's it. The swim team should squat in the Olympic Village and refuse to get out. That's the only way. Thanks for your time today, Lisa. No you, Lisa. What the f*** is going on? God, you are dumb. What the f*** is wrong with you?
Making MJ's What the WTF? A company is offering up to £8,000, $10,000, be more than that, for people who can spend a whole month without their phone. What the f***? Oh. There it is. Would you take that? Yeah, of course. Ten no. grand uh, for no use of your phone. For a mu- I'm shaking your heads. No, no for you, Cat. No, no for you, Tash. I couldn't because I need it for work purposes. <clears throat> well, I, I, I need it for dick pics. I mean, how <laughs> how am I going to send those? <clears throat> you know, you know what I need. You know what I need for. No, I I need it for Uber Eats. I'd yeah. starve to death. <laughs> you would. If I did not have my phone for a month, I would I would wither and die. <laughs> I would. How how am I supposed to feed myself? It's just not going to and happen. Don't forget Dan Murphy's as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus. In fact, the whole, whole world fall apart. No, it's not happening. If I took my kids' iPads away for one day, there's oh. not enough money in the world you can pay me for that. <laughs> you can offer me a million dollars for a week, and I go, nah. Not no. worth it. <laughs> not worth it. MG, what have you got? The number one, New South Wales number one plate uh, is set to be sold for more than $10 million. What the f***? How it's do you know online, that? It's an online auction. Uh, it's oh, so it's already, there's already bids in. Yeah, 10, it's up to ten million, ten thousand at the moment. We've got three days to go on th- to the auction. It's the first time the New South Wales number one plate is being offered as a public auction in more than 110 years. It'll probably be the last. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing thing. All right, I'll offer $11 million. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in it. I'd take I'm in it. it. I'd take it. Would million. you really? Would you? Uh, on a, okay, you know what? 12. <laughs> 12. Would you, rather, would you rather that? Would you rather the number one plate or would you rather a, a, a seaside mansion worth $10 million? Well, I'm guessing if you can afford $10 million on a, on, on <laughs> yes. a plate, you, you, you already have the harborside. Yeah, correct. <laughs> well, what, what I'm more interested in is... is what's the type of car that you need to get away with that? Oh, like, oh. You can't put that on a on a... Uh, charade, yeah, can you? On a, on, a, on a Ford Laser. <laughs> yeah, correct. Oh, look out. Here comes New South Wales 1. <laughs> You're going to need, like, you know, your start entry point would be a Bentley or something, yes. wouldn't it? You yeah. couldn't. Oh, what, what about my Palisade Hyundai? That'd be perfect on it. <laughs> so, now, that's what, mate, I'm, I'm going to buy this for you. $12 million. <laughs> oh. how, do, how, do you, how do you fire in a bid? It's online. Uh, it's, through, it's through Lloyd's. Let's Lloyd's get online. Go get me Rex. Get, get me the station manager. <laughs> get me. <laughs> he's doing voice now, you know. He's, he's, he's Bring him in monster. here right now. I need him because we're going to do this. Right yep. here. I'm just afraid. Here he, here he comes. Hi. What? Um, I would like to buy, I would like the station to buy me New South Wales 1, the number plate. <laughs> You're going to need 11 mil. No. <laughs> no. Think he's about gone. this. He's, he's, gone. he's gone. No, he's gone. This is a great promotion for the station. Oh, imagine it. New South Wales won, and uh, I get to drive it 11 million bucks. How much? How good is that going to be for this network for value? On the, Black, th- on the Black Thunders. Put it on a Black Thunder. Yes. Put it on a Black Thunder. Are we Which the only ones to our of... sister network? Yeah, that's today, yeah, fam. That's today, fam. Yep. So oh, yeah. you've really thought this through <laughs> again. Same, again, same the, company. Again, the Mensa uh, club here have really done the heavy lifting, and they thought this one through. So that's a yes to eleven million. Put oh, the bid in you, online. No, put the bid in online now. Say Rex Morris, Triple M, eleven million dollars. Thanks, Rex.
Yeah, good on you, buddy. Thanks, mate. You are the best boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> he's just fallen over. He's, he's just... He's fainted. He's just marched out of the studio. He's, he just threw his headphones he yeah. threw his headphones down in disgust. Mm-hmm. Dropped the mic. He threw the headphones at me. Did anyone else see that? Yeah, he did. All right. <laughs> hey, you get the idea. One triple three five three. What have you got for us? $1,000 to give oh, away. Yeah. That, that, we'll put that down on the number plate, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> now... Uh, what the F? Uh, $1,000 to give away. Kat, we didn't get to you. What was yours? Okay, so you know the Sydney Harbour Bridge, it has those beautiful brick pylons at the, yeah, and the side. There's four of them. They're huge. Yeah, what? They provide no structural security. Mm-hmm. What the f***? Well, they are right. purely for decoration. They're decorative. They're not structural. No. What a waste of everyone's time. Thank you. Wow. We'll Poor take Hogan them down. Livid. Poor Hogan's livid now. <laughs> Go and remove them. Everyone go and steal a brick. <laughs> Take, <it down. laughs> Take them down. Take a brick. Now, remember that when you're climbing the bridge. Sorry, and by the way, if you – the last thing in the world I'm ever going to do, the whole thing about tourist attractions should be a fun day out. Imagine climbing that stupid bridge. Imagine having to get up there. <laughs> no. Mate. Oh, I've, I've done it a few times. Great, I'm up the bridge. That's now great. what do I do? Well, now I've got to get down. Great. <laughs> No, thanks. Uh, What about you, Natasha Belling? Oh, this is a great survey. Apparently a survey has found that a woman is more responsive to any form of romance if she has a full stomach. What the f***? That is why I only date girls with pot bellies. My first girlfriends at smorgasbords. No, my first dates are all you can eat. (laughs) Here comes the... Birdie, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> yeah. John's on the line. John, uh, what do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, Levi Strauss, the uh, inventor of the Levi jeans, never wore his own jeans. What the f***? Why? Shut up. No, definitely didn't. <laughs> what do you mean Why? he didn't? Didn't wear his own jeans. Okay, I'm going to put it to you. He, I'm pretty sure I've seen a picture of him getting around in the Daisy Dukes. <laughs> yeah, but, nah. And no, maybe he didn't have the full length ones, but you know the the denim shorts. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the cut off. Well, so, so what did he used to wear? Uh, who knows? Oh, you got, where's your follow up, Johnny? Back you got to tell us some more check information, check brother. Well, mm. Arseless chaps. What was it? Like, about, uh, the corduroys. Mm. What is uh, uh, a pair, pair of Fabergé tackle meshes? <laughs> Excuse yeah, me, got... mate. Hey, John, don't give yourself the yep. thumbs up, mate. I do that. <laughs> we did get the thumbs up. Oh, we've got the thumbs up. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, we got the we got the thumbs up. I'll see how we go, money wise. I'm, uh, I'm. I'll see what Kelly Ann's up to. Well, Kelly Ann, what do you got? Yes. Uh, it was reported last week that King Charles has an enlarged prostate. Yep. What the? F- yep. Yeah, but, oh well, you knew that. Right. Well, you've got no, no information to add. Just everybody in England now is actually pulling their pants down and bending over and getting the check. Oh. <laughs> it's true. Off King Charles. It's true. Yeah, off, off, off King Charles. <laughs> it's King Charles. Well, we said old sausage fingers is now known as sausage penis. Yeah. And he, no, he is. He's got his enlarged prostate. Mm. Oh. You know what I'm saying? He's, that's. He does it, have I got it wrong? No, I'm right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, if you're in the uh, if you're in the royal family, there's only one way. You know, if you've got a problem with your prostate to deal with it, you need to put some moisturiser on your todger. Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatised. <laughs> the last place I wanted to be was Frost Nippistan. I've been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. You want me to put that on my todger? Oh. It works, Harry. Trust me. I found a tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. <laughs> and I took a smidge and applied it down there. There's oh, just there's ten things wrong with that. Oh, Worst audio. He's, he's there's so, ten uh, things wrong with that. But now I'm worried about uh, old King Charles. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, no money today. MG Sport Report. Paul Brown has gone again. He's putting on a display here tonight in Carrara. Sits seven six is the big man, and he's seventy five from twenty nine. Brown with his ninth six to bring up a most incredible hundred of just forty one balls. The second quickest in the history of this competition. He's done it, and the challenger. Low, flat, hard. Does it get there? At 12 6, the most ever in one innings in the history of this competition. What a knock. Yeah, what a knock. That was from uh, Josh Brown last night. The City Sixers will now face the Brisbane Heat in the Big Bash final at the uh, the SCG tomorrow night. Um, that was an amazing batting performance by Brown, who, who was the opener. 12, Second six best ten. ever. Do you, do you know what the best is? Who, who was what? the best? No, that's, that was the best in the Big Bash. 140 off. Uh, oh, off I thought they balls. said the second best ever. No. no, I think that's the best. The record-breaking century from opener Josh Brown, yes. Um, Where's my fact-checkers? Yes, get, what the... <laughs> the, the, he posted, the he posted uh, two for two, so, uh, two for, seven for two fourteen, and uh, now the Sixers and Heat will play tomorrow night, as I said. But biggest stories in, uh, in the world, Mickey, because this is something that's... I don't know, it should be a protest maybe, because a 52-year-old Chinese marathon runner, he was disqualified for chain, sm- chain smoking oh, during the race. Uncle Chen has puffed cigarettes during past marathons, saying it helps relieve fatigue, and he did the marathon in three hours, 33 minutes. <laughs> chain smoking. Chain smoking. He, 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 sh- he shouldn't be disqualified. He should, he should have his time shortened. Should Anyone who can chain smoke over the course of a marathon, oh, uh, oh, when they get to those tables, he doesn't have a drink. They just offer him an ashtray. It's just like a little... <laughs> You know what he's going to have to do? He's going to he's going to run his last marathon with one of those electronic voice boxes. Yes. <laughs> How'd you go to Angle Ten? Oh, very good. <laughs> you should take up vaping. Yeah. Take oh, up some vaping. That would be more convenient. Be. Mm. Yeah. No, he likes the fact that he's got a little smoke of Bundra hanging out of his mouth, and he said it's as he says it helps relieve <laughs> tension and fatigue. Oh, but it's, if you see a guy in a marathon running past with a cigarette in his mouth, you get up and you clap and you applaud him because, <laughs> yeah. to me, that is the greatest athlete ever that, of the modern era. Yeah, I Forget agree. everyone else. There should be a statue out the front of what kind of China, China, the Chinese Uncle SCG. It should be him in his marathon shorts smoking a dart. With, <laughs> with, the, other, with the packet in his, in his sleeve. <laughs> Back and rolled up in his sleep. 
I always thought the Warney statue out the front of the MCG should have, <laughs> should have been because he's bowling, but he should have had a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please overturn the disqualification, the marathon runner. You know what I do? Not only would I have him uh, running the Olympics, but I'd have him lighting the flame by flicking his cigarette. <laughs> Flick but it running it. into the room and flicking the cigarette into the urn. Unreal. <laughs> Someone has got a bit of explaining to do. It's Merrick Watts. How are you, Merrick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Sa- to be here. So, as you know, I follow you on social media. I'm looking at your Instagram site. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you steal a boat? Did you hotwire a boat <laughs> yes. over the weekend and take it out on Sydney Harbour? Yes, I did. My mate Dave Lowe, he's a, a full-time professional cleaner on a boat called Isola, and, uh, <laughs> which is parked. I'm naming it. I don't even care. I, don't, I just realised. Don't care. Whatever. Dave Lowe. <laughs> Um, and uh, he's the cleaner, full-time cleaner on the Isola, I-S-O-L-A, um, and it's normally moored in uh, Roselle, so let's position it exactly where it is. And, uh, I took, with my family, we commandeered uh, this wonderful extravagant, it's called a Riviera, which I thought was a place in France. What a dickhead I am. It's, in yeah, fact, sure. Dave's boat. And uh, and we commandeered it, and we went out on the harbour on Saturday, which is the so most... So did you charter it? You chartered it? Did you go no, through channels? No. No. I didn't pay a cent. I didn't know what I was doing. I just was like, I was just going. There's a, there's surely there's a bucket full of beer here. I was correct. Um, and there was, there was all sorts of nice treats on that boat. It was a great day. Got out there, did the most Sydney thing in the world, which is to get on the like the most Sydney thing I reckon you can do yeah. is. When you're on land, you look at the people in the harbour on nice boats and you go, wankers. Oh, look yeah. at you, you <laughs> wankers. You're the worst people. And then as soon as you're on a booze cruise, you go, well, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I am Captain Sydney. Check me out. I'm not Captain even wearing shoes. Yes. You change sides pretty quickly, so you do. Oh. Can, I ask, can I ask you this? Would you consider dressing up like Captain Steubing? Would you, would, you, would you put on the white shorts and the long socks or the, or the <laughs> of Captain Scatino even? A hundred percent. I can't tell you what I'd do to live on a luxury yacht. Number one, I'd dress as Gilligan. The second one would be sexual <laughs> favours. I would not care, honestly. <laughs> Once you've been on a luxury yacht, you just go, I will lower my standards as a human if <laughs> I could stay it? on this boat because it is the best. <laughs> Driving past a ferry, just going, see you, Narrabeen. <laughs> one of my no. favourite stories involving a cruise, <laughs> a cruise on the harbour. Uh, I think it was, I think I'm pretty sure it's told me it was Kylie Minogue and Mike Hudson's were having some kind of party on a boat. And they said, you know, the boat leaves the dock at like, uh, at 12 o'clock. Don't be late. Anyway, the boat takes off and they're all out there. And let's just say it's a, it's a music industry crowd. So, uh, they yeah. were partying oh, yeah, and, right. and having a good time out in the harbor when all of a sudden a police boat comes flying out towards them. Uh, naturally enough, they uh, get frightened pretty quickly and start jettisoning anything that may be illegal. Mm. It turns out they're bringing Molly Meldrum out, who's missed <laughs> the kickoff. That's right. The the <laughs> the single coolest welcome in showbiz history <laughs> has Molly Meldrum boards a boat that now has nothing other than about a couple of light beers uh, on deck. So oh, that's this- lovely. It's like it's like smoke cannons that they've let off from the side of the yacht, and it's just dust in the air. And Molly's gone. Oh, I can smell the freedom. Show us <laughs> your ass, the Molly. Freedom, Molly, and you know what it is. I like boat names. Yep. Don't yes. you know, get a gig of names. Say if it's a motorboat, it's usually Humdinger or, or some, either, some, either something. Yeah. Uh, something like that. But then uh, 
her boats, like uh, cruising boats, are named after uh, uh, partners. The uh, yeah. I, I was I was on a boat in the Caribbean called the Lady Sharon Gale. Ooh. I've never met Sharon Gale, but I feel strangely connected to her. Well, of course you do. I've, I can say I've been on a Sharon, but never on a Sharon Gale. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking with Merrick Watts, who's uh, basically become a con over the weekend yep. when he's stolen a boat and uh, driven it around the harbour. Did you actually drive it yourself? Were you skippering? Yeah. What happened? Yeah, I had a little bit of a steer. Uh, I'm not. The, th- the funny thing is, I'm actually licensed. I've got a boat. You, I've got a boat license. You have a boat license. Why yeah, did you get a boat license? Oh, uh, because I I don't know. I th- I think it was. It seemed like a good idea at the time, and I thought oh, I should get a boat license. I actually got it because I, I had to get a jet ski license, right? <laughs> I also right. don't have a jet ski. I've, I I've can ride them. But I don't have a jet ski. But I had to. I had to get the boat license to get the jet ski license. So I've got like I've got heaps of licenses. <laughs> Hang on, well, do you need a license for a, a license for a jet ski? Yeah, in New South I, Wales, in New South Wales, to do. I thought yeah, all you yeah. needed was a mullet. <laughs> no. All you need, like in some states, like South Australia, have a, a, a watercraft license. All you need to do is have a criminal record. Um, but in New South Wales, they uh, so they explain to me, a- explain to me your fetish because you do this. You you keep adding some kind of qualification yep. uh, to your resume every yep. year. Yeah, and you've got. I, I understand this of you. You yep. have a, a a boat license. Mm-hmm. You also have. A forklift license. Yeah, I've got a forklift yeah. license. You, you've learned yeah. how to drive a forklift. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What happened there? Yeah, it went down to um, the a licensing place, which I'm not too sure is still there, but it's, it was down near the airport, right down near the docks, and uh, went down Makes there. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I rolled up, embarrassingly, <laughs> day one. Everyone's there. They've got all their high vis gear. I brought some of my high vis gear. You know what? I've forgotten. Bloody idiot. Forgot my neck tattoos. Um, <laughs> what an idiot! Because the, the boys told me they were terrific blokes. I did the, the, my uh, forklift yeah. driver's license with, but they said to me, they go, "You do realise that um, half of us have just." got out of Long Bay and this is what you do. You get out of Long Bay and you come here and you get a forklift driver's license and then you go and work on the docks. And I went, oh, that's fair. And they said, what are you here for, tough guy? And I said, oh, I'm thinking about doing some casual work in a winery. And they just went... Oh, God. And I thought they were crying with laughter, but it was actually just tattoos of teardrops on their eyes. So how'd you go? So you've actually driven a... A forklift, yeah. A forklift? So I got my forklift driver's license. It took me about three days to do the course. And on the on the last day, right, everyone was done really well. Great, like I said, great group of blokes that I was doing the licensing with. But it got a bit awkward because on the last day, they said, you have to watch a safety video on, on forklift driver's licenses and <laughs> and um, workplace safety. And I went, oh, God, okay, this will be boring. And I'm not joking. This is the truth, right? They put in like an old DVD into the player and the whole classroom had to sit and watch this video. And I'll turn, they turn it on and on the screen is me. It's, <laughs> it was me. I promise you, I'm not kidding. The instructional video was a guide to what not to do on a workplace. And it was it was a clip of me for, from Thank God need, You're Here. I've done an episode that. of Thank God You're Here. And they, they took that and they used that as an example oh. for students of what not to do. And I'm going, but I'm that guy. That's, That's me. <laughs> so tell us about driving an actual form. 
August because oh. I'm fascinated. With it. So yeah, it's fun. a hard hat on, hard hat on. Oh, yes, yeah. and and you did. What were you doing? You were moving some fruit. What yeah, did you yeah. Do? So I went to go and do some uh, do vintage in a winery in South Australia, right? So I went to go and help some friends of mine who own a winery there, small family. And I'm there, and I said to Michael, look, I've got my forklift driver's license now, um, so <laughs> I can just I can drive the fruit in. And he goes, oh, that'd be great. He goes, you know, just put the pallets in, bring them into the winery, dump them, and we'll crush them. I said, no dramas. After about 45 minutes, Michael said to me. Get off that forklift. And I said, why? And he goes, you are so slow, you're killing the fruit. And I said, what? And he goes, the fruit, the fruit is not only just dying, it's killing itself in the bin waiting for you to drive the forklift fast enough. The, I, the fruit's going to perish. And by the way, these are old vines. <laughs> so, oh, my some, God. Some, some of these grapes have been ageing for 10 oh, years and all of a sudden they're oh, in trouble. Do you know how bad you're, it is? You've trained, I literally trained for three days for 40 Forty-five minutes, and that was it. And that was my forklift driving career. But I've got a second coming because after I do some time in Long Bay, I'll be yeah. back there getting another license. I cannot oh, wait. That's for, for that Bay. You'll be in Long Bay for stealing. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be put in Long Bay for stealing it, and then you'll have uh, your second career all mapped out. Yeah. Uh, anything to plug, sir? Before we go, what yes. have you got on? Yes, You've got I, I would on. just like to say to everybody in Sydney: uh, when it gets warm and the sun's out, and you want to go to the beach, uh, don't go to Maroubra. Um, please go to Coogee. Phil Coogee. It's just a thing because <laughs> a uh, yeah, a bit of waves. Yeah, it's just nice. A lot of people have been coming to Maroubra, and uh, if you could just avoid. It, just go to Coogee. It's a hot spot right now. You'll love it. Flood Coogee. Go to Coogee. Go to Coogee. Go to Coogee. All right. There it is. Parting words uh, from ex-con. Uh, Merrick Watts. Nick and MG in the morning. Brought to you by the Sydney Kings. Spend summer with the Sydney Kings. Tickets at Ticketek. Nick and MG in the morning. Weekdays from 6 on Sydney's Triple M.